Welcome to Guilty by Association, the Vanica podcast where we talk about all things association management and technology. My name is Shelly D'Antonio. I'm here with BD Snow, my co-host, and Stacy Cruz, one of our customer success managers. Welcome, Stacy. Hi. <laughs> thanks for joining us in this fun podcast thing we got going on here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming into Wilmington to hang out with us this week. Have you had a good time yeah. so far? It's been awesome. Yeah. I love coming to visit. Well, in getting started today, um, we'd like to, you know, obviously we want to, you know, for our our listeners that are out there, we <laughs> want to hear, you know, a little bit about, you know, your background, you know, how you got into working with Vanica. Um, if you want to go into that a little bit, like how did you end up, let's start here. How did you learn that an HOA was a thing to begin with? When did you learn that? Um... I actually worked for the bank Mm -hmm. and they eliminated my position and a friend of mine was like, hey, want a job? And I was like, sure. And it happened to be in property management, which I had no idea what that was. But um, so I went and started working for a property management company. You're doing accounting or where'd you start there? AR? Yeah, I started with AR. And when you came from the bank, what kind of thing were you doing in banking? Um, I did bank, aud- like branch auditing. Okay. Yeah. Did you know about HOA banking back then? Was that something that your particular bank had a division for? We did not know. Um, two banks I worked for okay. didn't. But yeah, it's a pretty specialized niche market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So wasn't something that they offered. <laughs> <laughs> so you were doing accounting AR? Yes. Mm-hmm. So did that for the management company for five years, and they signed with Vantica and got to do the implementation and setup and all those good things. And it was time for me to move on from that industry and kind of get out of it. And I originally left to go to Kroenke Sports to do accounting when I had a conversation with Vantica, and now here I am. Well, we're very, very happy to have you. Yeah. What um, what was that like for you being that you, you were working with a management company that using Vanica and then you, you came and um, got pulled into the Vanica fold? Um, was it kind of any like behind the curtain um, feeling or anything like that just to see the way things worked on the other side? I think be, coming from the industry and actually using Vantica, going to the other side, being able to help our clients because I've been there. I know what you're going through. So it was from day one, I was picking up the phone, calling our clients. I'm like, oh my God, I know exactly how you feel. Like I've been there. (laughs) So it's kind of cool to see it from the other side and actually be able to help. Yeah. So. Well, and you really shine at that as well. Like you just develop amazing relationships with our clients and you, to your point, you've no, you've walked a mile in their shoes, so and you're able to bring a level of empathy that it's tough for someone that just comes into the industry and they're like, what is an HOA? I'm not really sure. So Yeah. yeah. Yes, definitely. And like I said, I know processes, so mm-hmm. it's, it's hard when you're setting it up because I didn't understand Vantica and the processes that it was doing within the system. Mm-hmm. So having to learn all that and just having that industry knowledge. It would have helped helpful. if you would have been there during onboarding, Stacey. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to take a week off for our listeners out there that may be prospects. You, you might want to be there. Yeah. The week, you know, that, we the week that you're onboarding. Yeah. yeah. Be a good idea. Yeah. Maybe not the best time for vacation. I mean, what were you doing anyway? No, when we onboarded, I got super sick. That's what it was. Yeah. Mm. I was so That's sick right. and I tried to come in and it just. So it's a good thing that you didn't come in really. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, I, I made so. it what the first day that you guys were out there, mm-hmm. and then so so maybe let's not. Yeah, for hard some time reason, I was it. like, "Where did Stacy go? <laughs> 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 She's supposed to be here. We're supposed to trade her on stuff." Yeah, and I had like a hundred and four degree fever, and I was like Ooh. still trying to call in and help. And I'm like, "You guys have to configure this action item this way." That's <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you mean the late fees weren't set up? <laughs> so. That's great. But no, I know, um, like you said, you know processes and that helps and and having something where you're configuring those processes. And I think just understanding a lot of times what folks are asking for, like it is challenging for some of the folks that aren't in the industry, you know, like I don't understand what you're trying to accomplish because I don't understand like what it means to, you know, get somebody a a key fob or get somebody a late fee or like what that actual implication is. Yeah. So it's nice to have that that kind of background. Yeah. And just knowing that there's different laws and things around mm-hmm. everything that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And having kind of that knowledge too. Civil code in Colorado is kind of weird, right? Well, Colorado doesn't have civil code, but they're getting there. Mm. They've got all kinds of weird stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but right now they're just laws. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What were some of the, what were some of the most challenging laws you guys had to comply with? Um, you have to, I guess are still in Colorado. I think the, Biggest issue that we had, especially when we first onboarded and BD and I fought over this process, was the collections and the timing of it. Mm. But, I mean, that was in particular to the company that I worked for because what they ended up doing was they wrote in our contracts that those letters would go out on a certain day. And Vantica doesn't send them out on the same day every month. So it was kind of adapting to that and kind of looking at process, but luckily that wasn't a Colorado law, so it was something that could be changed within our contracts for associations. That's nice. Yeah, I remember those I remember those conversations quite well all those years ago, Stacy, about yeah. uh, hey, here's why <laughs> they don't go out on the same day, because maybe you have a bank return or something like that. And she'd yeah. say, But B D has to go out on the fifteenth. <laughs> say, but why? <laughs> I'm like, I understand why Vantica does it the way it does, but that doesn't work for our contracts. And he was like, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. That's tough. So, but yeah, just different things like that. But we got it off and running. I think I was the biggest Vantica cheerleader ever. <laughs> I was like, I know you guys are frustrated, but it's going to be great. Just wait. Yeah. Well, that's an, that's kind of an interesting point. We talked to a lot of our clients and a lot of, um, you know, our, our own folks about change management was there anything in particular that you would recommend for change management going through something like that where you have a group of people, you're trying to get to them to adopt a new system, you know, they're having to relearn their muscle memory of processes and everything like that? Uh, I think the biggest thing is just really making sure that your entire team is on board. Um, and that starts from the top always and goes downwards. So just making sure that your team is on board and they understand that, this is for the best and it's a better change. Like we're not changing to set you back. Like we're doing this to improve. So yeah, not trying to make your life harder, trying to make it easier. Yeah. But I mean, I remember from the first demo of Vantica, I was like, Oh my God, I can't wait. (laughs) So tell us about what you're doing now. Um, now I get to manage relationships with our clients, um, help them out, answer their questions, get their setups working. Um, make sure that they're successful with Mantica, making sure that we're looking ahead and being proactive and not reactive and just making sure that they're successful within the system. What do you like most about what you do? Uh, working with clients. Mm-hmm. 
A hundred percent. I love the one-on-one FaceTime. Well, there's not a ton of FaceTime, but like <laughs> being on the phone with them and actually getting to know them and understand what they're doing and being able to help them. Mm-hmm. So I like people. <laughs> yeah, all of our clients end up asking you to come out and visit them on site just because you're so personable and, and friendly. Yeah, which on sites are a lot of fun. So fun. Yes. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you like the travel? Do you like to kind of get out and actually get in into the office? I do, because I think when you're one-on-one in the offices, it makes a huge difference. Like, mm-hmm. actually being able to sit there and show them and walk them through, and it's just more personable. So you build that relationship even stronger when you get to actually be there with them. And I think people retain information a lot better when you can have that one-on-one time. Right. Yeah. What are some of the the biggest differences that you see, being that you've been in a lot of different organizations, you deal with a lot of different clients, you've actually physically been to a lot of different offices. Are there things that you've noticed um, just with differences within the the clients and things that you, you see that work really well or maybe that don't work very well? Um, I think it just depends because I've got some clients that are very strict on everything. Like they follow the rules to a T and then I have other clients that are more laid back with the HOA rules and things like that. So that's the biggest difference is building those processes. And you've got one client that's like, no, our attorney says this, this, and this. And so it has to be like this. And you've got another client that was like, well, our attorney just said, you know, it's fine as long as this gets out somehow. <laughs> so it doesn't have to be as accurate if the intention's there, right? Yes. <laughs> We're really glad to have you be uh, one of those resources on our team that can help us deal with some of those legal situations and how to, you know, navigate some of those. Uh, very, very grateful for your help, especially as it relates to collections yes. over the last few years and navigating all the nuances and craziness that each state decides to roll out. Well, they've been updating a lot of collection laws lately. Yeah. Like, I feel like they haven't been touched in a hundred years and all of a sudden they're like, let's do this today. Yeah. Do you guys see anything in particular driving that? Um, just within within the world and well, political cultures, anything like that? I mean, it, it seems like you'd have to at least look at the last few years and the economic impacts of, you know, the pandemic and how people were impacted and the way that some of these folks are trying to make policies to accommodate folks that are coming up on tough times. You know, that would, that would be where my gut would go. But then again, a number of the pieces of legislation that we've seen came through during the pandemic. So, you know, that they mm-hmm. were developed prior to, you know, right. so it does yeah. make you wonder what was driving that. Yeah. What yeah, do you think, I, Susie? I mean, because like you said, a lot of it came through during the pandemic. So that stuff just doesn't get written overnight. I mean, <laughs> the one that I dealt with was a twelve hundred page document. Mm. Like, wow. That's been in the works for a while. Yeah. Right. So. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know what would drive it. Yeah, we're still trying to figure that Florida thing out with the dates. Can't get any can't get any guidance there. Can't get anyone to tell us what dates means. So we'll figure it out. Charge breakdown with dates. Yep. Dates are loose. What are dates? Who knows? Is it the dates they were charged? Is all the dates through? Who knows? Beginning date, ending date. Everyone has opinions. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Fun times. I go date charged. that's my vote it's a charge balance so it might be multiple dates i guess you're gonna have to list them individually and then what about fees are you doing fees the date that the fees are applied (laughs) or fees through fair enough who knows that is an interesting um just challenge to navigate um 
the last few years is just as states roll out different requirements and changes, mm-hmm. us having to you know recode our software to Meet accommodate those for legislation. Those. And yeah. What is it? What's going on with California? I'm talking to California's um, has State Bill three ninety two, which is Civil Code forty forty and forty forty one, and it um, is primarily with um, owner communication. So there's a couple different parts of the of forty forty and forty forty one of um, need to make sure that we can um, communicate to the owner via their preference um, for individual notices. And so right now we have communication preference. We've had that for a while. You can do paper, you can do email, but they um, stipulate a third um, option in there for both paper and email. So that's something that we're going to have to accommodate. Um, They also have um, a clause in there about notification. So they have to do a primary notification, a secondary notification um, if the primary fails. So if an email goes out, the email is bounced or something like that, there has to be another email on file that we can reach them at or at least another mailing address, something like that. And then they stipulate for a third one for a power of attorney or other legal representative if there is um, extended absence. So basically, if we can't get a homeowner for a long time, they're able to give a contact. That's the contact if, if they're on an extended absence. And so in California, every year, it's up to the association or the management company on behalf of the association to send a notice to all members to collect that data back. Um, so that's that's the, the crux of it. And then in that, too, is some um, some impacts around when those emails fail, when the paper comes back. Let's make sure we can regenerate that, um, be no- notified of that, things like that. So, so that's the thing they're sending out every year mm-hmm. to validate. Yeah, so they're sending that out every mm-hmm. year to validate. Um, and the language of the law, so that, you know, it's the effort. Like, I've got to make the effort to send that out. Got to make the effort to collect that information. Hopefully, I'll get that information back from my homeowners where they can say, yep, updated. Like, this is good. Um if they're not getting that response, it's the last known record of address is what is the official um, contact address for those guys. Fun. Yeah. So a lot of fun out there for folks in California and we're, we're brainstorming some good ideas to help them track that information and then um, some enhancements on the, uh, on the horizon to accommodate for those additional communication preferences and those email alerts. That'll create some interesting dynamics too then, right? Because if we roll out an additional communication preference, is that something we're going to have to by default display for folks in all the other states that might not necessarily even care about that as an option you know yeah absolutely true um and so um typically with things like that might as well it's it's an option it's built into the system if somebody wants to use it great if they don't need it that's fine too i feel like too california starts a lot of stuff so usually if you see it in california eventually it kind of rolls out anyways it's going to trickle through yeah yeah and then our clients in south carolina are like Dang it, California. <laughs> Why are you making things here? hard for us? <laughs> exactly. This is a wild west in South yeah. Carolina, for sure. Yeah. Violation fines, no hearing, pay up. Oh. Yeah. Stab at it. And other places are so strict. Yeah, weren't you saying something about in Colorado that you have to like post the notice on the door for delinquent balances or something like that? Or is that the intent to lean? That's, so the intent to lean before you can go to collections, and that's the new law that they just passed. Um, you now have to post it on their door. Like physically, you have to email it, you have to mail it, and you have to post it on their door. That is due diligence to the extreme. And it has diligence. to be sent certified. And, and Wait, you, you have to certify the postman that's putting <laughs> it on the door? <laughs> how does that work? Let me understand that part. No, the letter, the paper has to go certified. And then you have to email, and then somebody from the management company would have to go and post it on their door. Hmm. 
So why you would send it certified? Because you get something back saying that they got it, but still got to go put it on their door. I could understand that more if you had to post it on the door if the certified letter was rejected or undeliverable, something like that. Like, okay, fine. But somebody signs for it. They got it. Yeah. Why do we need to go post it on the door? Who signs for certified letters these days anyway? I don't know. I don't. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I don't get too many certified letters, though. And now I'm understanding why we're now posting it on the door. (laughs) Yep. All right. (laughs) I can't tell you the last time I got a certified letter. Mm, Yeah. I don't know if I ever have. Uh, Good for you. Fair question. Got packages I have to sign for. Yeah. I don't check the mail, period. I mean, (laughs) that's where I get myself into a lot of trouble, actually. That's why we're going to post to your door, Shelly. Yeah. (laughs) So I get it. Yeah, up in the mountains, they're just, they they'll just chuck it on your porch. You know, they're not going to, well, you got to drive 40 miles to go back to the UPS store to pick it up. No, they're going to leave it at your door. Yeah. yeah. Like Take I a signature. I don't care if you're home or not. <laughs> I'm not coming back up here. No, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. Are you ever going to road trip your pups down to the Vanica headquarters so we can? No. No. We're going to have to come see you. They are not <laughs> office dogs. <laughs> One might be after he like introduced himself to everybody because he's pretty lazy, but the other one, no. no. I and mean, you can ask clients, they'll hear them on our calls or folks here in the office when we're on calls. He makes very loud, weird noises. Yeah. He sounds like Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the things that I will say has been um, kind of a nice little silver lining to the pandemic is so many people work from home. And mm-hmm. we're all on Zoom calls all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And just the culture of, hey, guys, like, yeah, you got a dog barking in the background. Like, you know, like the landscapers outside the window, like we get it. Whereas it used to be like, I'm going to call like radio silence everywhere. <clears throat> I was on a um, demo with a prospect last week and I was um, dog sitting. So I had three dogs in the room, oh. my, my pup and these other two pups. Not only was it trash day, so the trash... <laughs> Um, trucks are driving around so <laughs> yeah. the dogs love that love that but then the mosquito guy comes to spray the yard for mosquitoes they lost their minds and <laughs> these poor people i got to a point where like i had i had to like pause them i couldn't hear the questions they were asking me oh like wow. not only can they not hear me over the dogs like the dog chorus in the background but i could not hear the questions they were asking and they were they were great they're like show us some pictures like we just want to talk about it like here's some photos of our dogs and and i just i love that that mm-hmm. our our culture you know corporate culture has just gotten to a point where you know pups are a thing they're, yeah. they're gonna bark in the background well in this industry people just uh, at least in my experience people want you to be real with them yeah can yeah appreciate that reciprocated right yeah, I think that's that's very that's true. Some really good clients and some really awesome people in this industry for yeah. sure. Yeah, and I think just again that personal relationship, yeah. so huge. And part of that is your dog in the background, right? Making yeah. weird noises. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I put Tripster in every database for a reason. See, you know? well, because every Tripster database is I touch, Tripster's the best in dog there. ever. <laughs> yeah, so your pup is pretty cute. Yeah. <laughs> that is you just sharing goodness with the world, right? I think so too. Yeah. I would agree with that. That's what I'll start doing. There you go. Putting my dogs in people's database. Mm -hmm. Fisher's in a couple. Ah, see? Yeah. I can't remember there was a violation template or something that got got put out. And um, yeah, like every time you click on it, it's just like this dog looking real mean with his ears low. It was uh, (gasps) just like this funny, this funny look he has on his face. So 
Maybe somebody find a little nugget out there. What did you classify that violation as? I'm trying to remember what the <laughs> violation it was. Watch it was like trash cans or something. Yeah, it might have been trash cans. <laughs> Overnight commercial parking, maybe. <laughs> Fisher is just mad he couldn't park his his dump dump truck um, in the in the driveway. So yeah, that was the look he gave me. Makes sense. Probably should have done like a leash violation. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best violation you've seen? Oh, so we had a homeowner put a hot tub on the third floor balcony of a condo. Mm. Oh, that was straight up crane and all put it up there. I'm imagining they did not get an ARC mod request for that. (laughs) They did not. (laughs) (laughs) They also went to court and it cost them a whole lot of money for that hot tub that they couldn't have. So then the crane came and took it back off. Yikes. Ouch. I mean, the balcony is not meant for a hot tub. They were not built for that. I'm surprised the the company allowed them to do that. Like, if I'm a crane operator and I'm about to put a hot tub <laughs> on a third floor balcony, I might mention something. I mean, you're getting I mean, paid. If you're a crane operator and you're like, give me a thousand bucks, I'll put that thing anywhere. <laughs> 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 Bring it on over. <laughs> and I guess the hot tub sales company doesn't care because you're just going to have to buy a new hot tub when it falls through. You're probably so. going to damage it, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. so you're going to have to buy another one. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting one. I was like, really? A crane? <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. That is pretty good. I don't know if I saw too many others. I wasn't really on the va- violation side, though. Okay. I figured you've been seeing some weird ones just with, you know, all the just folks that you talk to like every that. day. Uh, not really. I mean, because usually we're building the violations, not checking into ones that have been assessed. Chit-chatting about the funny ones yeah. that come through. Yeah. yeah. Although maybe I should start each of our client calls. Like, tell me one funny yeah. violation you had this week. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, it's yeah. been really fun, Stacey. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time to hang out and chit-chat with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Guilty by Association. We'll see you next time.